This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Sheikh Abdullah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, so I guess the voice is there, but Sheikh Yasser, kif haraka Sheikh Yasser? Alhamdulillah, fadlum min Allah. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh Abdullah somewhere. Um, I'm right here. I hear, him. I hear him. You hear him, huh? Yeah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Someone, right someone did steal my light bulb in the back. If everyone I've... saw the light bulb and then the frame, the Muhammad Rasulullah frame. Someone stole my <laughs> light bulb. I can hear him. I don't know what Sheikh Abdullah is doing. I don't know. You did the angel series, so I don't know what you know. Mashallah, <laughs> That's a gin series now. Mashallah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all of the glory, I need to uh, then. We decided, yeah, well, you know, know, because because it's the last one, the the, the, the Eid edition, the final edition. <laughs> Sheikh Abdullah Dur, Alhamdulillah. I mean, in person, in the flesh, Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, you need a student more. Bismillah. All right. Okay. Can y'all see him? All right, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We're back today, Alhamdulillah. Just we'll make that disclaimer so that no one worries about us violating anything. Uh, we wanted to obviously be together for the last one and, uh, you know, wish everyone, inshallah ta'ala, blessed Eid and say Jazakumullah khairan together for everyone that's been tuning in. We formed the little Quran 30 for 30 community, Alhamdulillah. That's been here all the time. And we got none other, Khitam Humisk, the best, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Sheikh Yasser Fahmi, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. It's so good to be here and sorry I haven't been here more often, but uh, I'm so blessed to be at least in the last one. Alhamdulillah. May, may Allah bless you all. I hope all of you are doing well, inshallah. I know you've been very busy, Alhamdulillah. May Allah reward you for all of your efforts. Are you going to pop in? We got a third space here. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, how do I get into it? I want to do one of those moves where like, I go like this and then suddenly I'm in the middle. <laughs> May Allah bring us together soon, Ya Rabbi. How's it going, man? I'm good. Alhamdulillah, no complaints. I'm here. I'm here. Alive and well. In the flesh. In the flesh. Everyone's really enjoyed, Alhamdulillah, the insights. And honestly, we, we you know, we know it's a time, subhanAllah, honestly, we start off with, obviously, the, the our brothers and sisters in Aqsa and Palestine. We know it's a time of great stress and distress in the Ummah, and we have to keep that. Uh, connection with the night mm-hmm. to our brothers and sisters and we celebrate the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes with Ramadan and at the same time we celebrate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a promise and with the night ta'ala we, we hope to see that promise inshallah ta'ala soon in regards to our brothers and sisters in Al-Aqsa and we will make a dua for them inshallah ta'ala at the end of this this session in particular but um, you know studying the Quran has been bringing something into our lives and alhamdulillah it's been it's been such a, a joy honestly to yeah. to sit with Sheikh Abdullah to sit with the Mashaykh to sit with all of you to see the consistent community that's formed around this and we wanted to just send our appreciation to you all so Jazakumullah yeah. khairan Jazakumullah khair Sheikh Abdullah Jazakumullah khair Sheikh Yasser for agreeing to be the, the final special guest alhamdulillah that we have and obviously because things are a bit different Sheikh Abdullah you want to say anything before we get started no, alhamdulillah. I mean, it's been a pleasure to go through this Quran with all of you. Mashallah, to go to the reflections with the Mashaykh. Mashallah, just seeing faces that I haven't seen in a while. And the best way to do it is remembering the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sharing it with the world and hearing the beautiful compliments from you all and reading them. And mashallah, just glad that we have a part in, you know, inspiring others to reignite the Quran in the hearts of the people. 
So we're going to do things a little different today. So you all will forgive us. This camera has never had two people on at the same time. So you'll forgive us for being a little tight and snug, but the frame's going to be not as, as uh, professional as usual. But inshallah, we'll have a discussion about the most frequently recited juz in the Quran, which is juz amma. And we're going to all just stay on screen together the whole time, inshallah, just, and, and have a discussion. And, and we want to start actually with you, Sheikh Yasser, because your portion that you're covering is actually the the first revelation, the first revelation, subhanAllah, even though it's in the last juz, the very first revelation to our beloved Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, Sheikh, now why don't you uh, get us started with the Nahi Ta'ala? Inshallah, Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ba'd. Alhamdulillah, um, you know, when we when we think about the Qur'an, and we think about, if you will, the story of the Qur'an and the narrative of the Qur'an, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes us through so many valleys and so many ridges and so many plains and we explore historical accounts and legal discourse and spiritual discourse and philosophical discourse and all sorts of, you know, um, discourses in the Qur'an that really animate how we think and feel and practice and behave and consider. And, you know, Surah Al-Alaq, um, this you know, surah that's nestled in the middle of the 30th juz, um, commonly known as Surah Iqra. It, it is a chapter that I think in the Muslim parlance, it has a quality about it that is very intellectual. So people say, oh, we are the ummah of Iqra. That means that we are an intellectual ummah. That's an ummah of read, ummah of you know, critical thought and analysis. And inshallah, Ya Rab, that is a quality. But I, I feel like something is lost on us when we take and treat Surah Iqra in that vein. Because in it, really, is the sir, is the secret that unlocks the truth and the reality of the Qur'an. What is the access point? What is the critical access point to process everything we've just studied over the past 30 days and really, you know, have it gel with our spirits have it something that is is functional in our lives and the secret is i believe in surat iqra because i i challenge and perhaps i would love to hear the mashaykh's insights on this that it's it's not an intellectual surah it's a deeply spiritual surah and what do i mean by that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, sent down sayyiduna jibril in that early moment, in that initial moment in the cave of Hira, the, the, the example, the story, the incident that we are all intimately familiar with, so I won't repeat its details. But the Prophet ﷺ is grasped and he's grabbed and he's held and he's constricted by Sayyiduna Jibreel. And, and, and the Prophet ﷺ had enjoyed being in the cave of Hira for all those years, and, you know, reflecting and contemplating Fitahanuth and uh, and then Jibreel comes and, and, and he shocks the system of the Prophet. ﷺ. And it was a very, you know, if you will, in many ways, distressing moment or an unsettling reality that he had experienced. And the command that he is commanded with, which is Iqra, read. The response by the Prophet ﷺ is, Ma biqari. I don't know how to read. Now, this is not just an, a, a, a negation of of the lettered word. The Prophet ﷺ was not presented with, you know, exact letters of the Arabic language presented to him and told to read. It was this was not like a, a test in a, in a in a school. This was this was a command, an injunction to proceed to read, 
to process and to look at the entirety of the divine reality, to read as Imam Al-Ghazali says, Kitabullahi Al-Mastur wa Kitabullahi Al-Mandur, the book of Allah that is that is penned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is seen. And so when the Prophet ﷺ is negating his capacity to read, it is not a, it's not a, a, an intellectual negation, meaning that, you know, I don't have the requisite intellectual tools to be able to do this. No, this is a negation of the fullness of his capacity, not just intellect, but also body and more critically, spirit that I don't know how to actually engage this reality. You know, I don't know how to proceed forth. I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed in my moment. And so he is commanded again, Iqra. I don't know. I don't He's negating himself, negating his capacity. And a third time he negates and, and then the prophet is told and the revelation is sent that then becomes the essence, the spiritual and theological essence that then unlocks the doors and the gateways and opens up the true vestiges of reality. And that is when he's told, Iqra bismi rabbik. Read in the name of your Lord. And the, le- the article ba, the letter ba in the Arabic language, according to Ibn Hisham, has upwards of 17 meanings. And so the letter ba, asirru, the secret is actually in the letter ba. You know, so you just put ba <laughs> as, as, as like a title of a book. And the whole story is actually behind the letter ba. Why? Because it is only through the conduit of bismillah that you and I can ever function or process or even conceive mm-hmm. of anything. Mashallah. Because that means iqra. You read by the aid of Allah. Read because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Read by the aid of Allah. Read by the support of Allah. Read by the opening of Allah. And read in the name of Allah. And so in the conduit of al-ba'iyya, you want to call it that, the Prophet is then able to now see. You know, now, O Muhammad, you read. And you notice, after he was told, there's no more negation. There's no more recognition that I am in- incapable. No, Billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am very capable, you know. And, and, and it, is, it is that essential uh, prism that I believe all of us have to internalize. Because if we want to unlock the truth of the Qur'an, see, it's not an intellectual project. There are, you know, one of the things that I do is I teach a class at Harvard. There are people there who have studied Islam for decades, right? For decades. And they critically analyze and they assess and they study fiqh and law and philosophy and theology, all sorts of things. But they haven't they haven't read the Qur'an. <laughs> you know, they may have read it. وَلَمْ يَقْرَأُوهَا you know, <laughs> they've read it, but they haven't read it. And and for you and I who actually want to read the Quran, you know, we want to understand the Quran. We want to revel in the glory of the Quran. And not only in the book of Allah that is revealed to us, the sacred text, but we want to see the, the makru, which is the, the, the reality of the divine revelation in creation. 
which is we want to perceive and understand and internalize and process, then it categorically requires Bismi Rabbika Ladi Khalaq in the name of your Lord, the one who created you. And that's why the Prophet says, Every matter of concern that does not begin with in the name of Allah. The, don't forget now, the ba has many meanings to it. Anything that does not begin with that, it is cut off. Cut off from what? From the, from the barakah of Allah, from the aid of Allah, from the support of Allah, from the tawfiq of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who teaches us. He shows us. He helps us to perceive. He opens up our eyes. He opens up our hearts. He give, gives us perspective. He gives us certainty. He gives us confidence. He gives us understanding. It's all a divine reality that has to then be facilitated for us. We can agonize with our minds all we want. But if there's no fath, if there is no, you know, basmala, it will always be just a function of my very simple logical capacity and so i pray that you know to that when we we're as we're exiting ramadan and we're exiting the quran you know just this iteration of our going through the quran that we take this spirit of the basmala to govern how we read and to bring life to the quran because and i'll pass off the mic with this the surah what's the name of the surah in the quran al-alaq al-alaq is a clot <laughs> lifeless it's a clot how do you bring life to a clot? Bismillah. We are all just a clot. We are this meaty entity that's lifeless, soulless, has nothing in it. It is only billahi, by the spirit of Allah, by the aid of Allah, in the name of Allah that we come to life. And so it's a powerful metaphor for if you want to engage these lettered words, because you're reading letters, you're reading words, you're reading sentences. If you want life to come into these words, it's only done billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nasallah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yuhi kulubana Subhanallah, that's a rich start and honestly a rich ending to the entire series of Quran 30 for 30. One of the things I always reflect on with people is that, you know, a lot of people don't know how to make du'a anymore. So they're kind of waiting for someone else to make du'a so I can say ameen. And when it comes to tadabbur on the Quran, contemplating upon the Quran and its meanings, you're not supposed to do tafsir as an average Muslim, but to sit with it and to bismillah, open it and open your heart to it and ponder upon it and read it very carefully and then reflect those meanings into your daily life and bring that meaning into your daily life. So, oh, there's life and you will, you will truly find the Quran giving you life on a consistent basis. And so when we just sit together and do tadabbur on it, we reflect upon it. Obviously, we do the tafsir background of the ayat, and then we reflect on it together. This is how we're given life through this revelation. Was he not dead and we gave him life? The life that comes through the Quran gives us light, and the light in the heart allows us to receive the life of the Quran. So it's this constant synchrony that we have to find between the two. And subhanAllah, I know Shaykh Abdullah, you were going to talk about Surah the duha right? And so the whole juz ammas is is is, uh, is tafsira, right? It's all sira, you know? It yeah. truly is all sira. And Surah the duha is also talking about, you know, and, and we know it's this long period where the Prophet does not receive revelation. 
after this this moment strikes him and after some of these moments and the prophet sallallahu does not get to dictate when jibril islam comes to him so it's not just like bismillah now i can receive it so you know now we have a schedule with jibril where you're going to come to me every day at this time and you're going to give me the next chapter it is still we don't come except by the command of your lord so the prophet now knows jibril he misses him and he wants him to come to him more frequently because he needs he needs the next chapter to unveil for him so that he can take the next step in his own prophetic life and he does not he doesn't speak or act from his own light, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As from Surah Al-Duha, Allah reminds the Prophet as he reminds us as a human, as, as a human creation, you were alaq, you're a clot, and Allah gave you life. And in the case of the Prophet, the revelation that gave life to the world through his example. Surah Al-Duha is also then, hey, you know, you, you reminding the Prophet, it reminds the Prophet of his of the favors of Allah upon him. Exactly. So truly, we're always coming from nothingness to something. Bismillah, by the permission and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Shaykh, can you share some, some of your reflections on Abdu'ha for us, inshallah ta'ala, as well? No, Jazakallah khair. Bismillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ma ba'd. Mashallah, you hit it on the, on the, hit the nail on the head. I mean, subhanAllah, it's really, uh, when I think of Abdu'ha, I think of comfort. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforting all of us. But, you know, when he speaks to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's a risal and it's a message for all of us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by swearing by his creation. As we know, Allah is the only one that has the authority to do so, but he's showing you the importance of it. It also shows the nobility of these created things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after Allah bin Lanar Shaitan Rajim, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim wa duha, by the daybreak. As some scholars have mentioned, there's different opinions of what duha would mean. Either it's the daybreak, when it starts, or it is the whole daytime, or some even mention Salat al-Duha. In any case, we understand that Allah is swearing by something that he has created to show the importance of the matter and to show the greatness of that which he, which he has created. Then he says, And by the night when it grows still or when it covers, it covers the earth. I mean, the nighttime is dark. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by two different time frames or two different events that take place. Then after that, he, he he comforts all of us. He comforts the Prophet ﷺ, where he says, Your Lord has not forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't left you. And he hasn't uh, shown any distress. Or he hasn't, uh, some scholars with translation would say hate, but it's more of he hasn't distressed you or shown any dislike towards you. He hasn't left you. He is here. And he will always be here, subhanahu. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by these forms of creation and shows and comforts him, look, I am still here and I'm going to give you this revelation. I am al-hafiz. I am the preserver. I am the one bismi. You know, in my name, all of these beautiful attributes will be showered upon you and those that take the characteristics that you uh, exemplify within your life. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when mentioning that he did not leave and he did not leave the Prophet sallallahu and that he will never show any hatred or distress towards him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So to remind him that the next life is better than that which is in the beginning or that which is al-ula in the, in the past. So in understanding that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swearing by these time frames and showing and bringing the reality to him and reminding him to stay the course and reminding all of us subhanAllah 
to remember the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to remember that Allah will never leave us as long as we do whatever we do, bismillah, as was mentioned before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on and he says, Allah Taala will give you and will provide for you to the degree that you will be pleased to show you that, look, I will always be here. Don't, don't ever give up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there. But to remember, as Sheikh Omar mentioned earlier, when it comes to when the revelation will come, it comes bi amri rabbik. It comes by when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it and when he chooses for it to happen. Mm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on and he says, uh, now that he mentions, you know, he mentions that he will always be there and that you will be pleased with what is coming up next to comfort and console the Prophet. It should be a waqfa for us, it should be a stopping point for us to pause and say, you know what, all of these things that I'm facing in my life, I should realize from what I take a step back. And when I say bismillah. As, as Sheikh Yasser mentioned so eloquently and beautifully, you know, bismi, bismi hivdik, bismillah in your names and your beautiful attributes to be showered upon me based on the particular context. So when you read bismillah, it's fi hivdillah min shaitan, protection from the shaitan. All of these beautiful names and attributes, when we have that, we recognize the promise of Allah is true and it will always be there. And that's important for us to remember, especially in times of hardship, when we hear with what is going on with our brothers and sisters in Masjid al-Aqsa and all around the world, we have to take the step back and remember and have our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because if we didn't have Allah, as the Prophet said when they were digging the trench, you know, if we didn't have Allah, we wouldn't be guided, we wouldn't give charity and we wouldn't even pray, you know? So remembering that it's ultimately with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then transitions and reminds you of the ni'am as-sabiqah, he reminds you of the previous blessings. Did Were you not found or do we not find you? Did he not find you as an orphan? And then he he, 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 he gave you a place of sleep, a place of refuge for Awa. What's interesting here is that Allah mentions for Awa when he says, and he did not shelter you. He doesn't say shelter you in the Arabic language. He says for Awa. He didn't say for Awaq. And what scholars mention here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it wasn't khas, it wasn't specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That sheltering is for all of creation and all of those that may find a particular situation to where there may be sadness in their life. It's for you to remember what Allah has done. Hmm. Remember that he has sheltered you and others in you. As scholars say, awaka wa awabika. So as he mentioned, you know, Sheikh Yasin, I remember one of my, 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 my shuk when he was teaching me Arabic, he said, the istikhdam harufajamashaf arabiya. The using of the for lack of better words, prepositions, you know, in Arabic we call harfajar. This is the hardest science and the hardest discipline within the Arabic language when studying it because it has so many different meanings within them. So when we see here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, shelter you and sheltered with you, meaning that you brought shelter to the companions with the hijra, you know, you brought this shelter with them. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions after that, And he found you lost and then guided. In the translations, we understand guided you, like in hadaka wa He guided you and used you as a means of guidance to the people. 
Hidayatul Irshad, showing the people the way, not enabling them to go the way, as we know Abu Talib, you know, he didn't even become Muslim. So we see here, subhanAllah, that the prophets are there to show the way. It's up to that person to actually go the way. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds him of this second blessing, that he found him as uh, subhanAllah, someone that was lost and he guided him. So, we, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here that the iman of the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sharia that some would say is that which was not there with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he was always a muwahid as Shaykh Yasser said, can he get to Hanafi, you know, in, in the cave? He would always call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And even some of the companions, such as some scholars mentioned, Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu and others. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding him of that past. And it's important for us when we see these three blessings, the first of them being that he was lost. And then the second, and did he not find you in need? And he made you self-sufficient. That he made you self-sufficient and he made you be a means of the self-sufficiency for others, meaning that they were those people that had Islam. They had the blessings of Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them of that second, that second blessing. And then he says, So Allah subhanahu wa is telling him now the responsibility. So as some scholars say, he reminded him of the previous blessings to show him the blessings that are coming in the future. So now that he reminded him of these blessings, there's a responsibility. Just as you were a yatim, just as you were like that in the past, or you are that, there are those that are, that are yatim, so do not be of those that are harsh with the orphan. And also for the one that is asking, do not chide them or to be rude to them when they ask. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that blessing when he said, just as you were misguided, or you were the one that was lost at that time, when someone comes to ask you, and as some scholars mentioned, when they ask you about the ahkam of the sharia or ask you about Islam, don't turn away from them. Don't turn them away. So remember the previous blessings when it comes to people that may ask of you or may have the characteristics that you once had. Remember those previous blessings and do not allow those blessings to make you of those that are arrogant. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, just as he made you someone that was in need and made you self-sufficient, that self-sufficiency that self-sufficiency that has been given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speak about it to the people. Mention the blessings of Allah that Allah has given you. But make sure when you mention it, it is in praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mention those times that you were the yatim or something that was yatim-like, or you were someone that was lost. As many times of those that convert to Islam or those that were Muslim and they had an epiphany, they remember those days. But use that as a means. Don't leave the conversation with that, stop and say, you know what? If it wasn't for Allah, we would not be guided. So using that as a means to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to where hopefully what we do in the future is always, inshallah, bismillah, ar-Rahman, ar-Rahim. So mashallah, that's a, a beautiful, 
a beautiful chapter for us to remember that we should remember the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us and use that as a means to thank him and to tell others to thank him, to remind others to thank him as well. Chef Yasser, I, I, I see you enjoying I'm downloading. No, I mean, oh. I hear, my mind went in like maybe 70 directions as he was speaking. <laughs> Um, I felt that, you know, um, that's a very, you know, that I think that's a very powerful, all the meanings are very powerful. It's, uh, and I think that meaning is something that perhaps, um, resonates with a lot of us, you know, the idea of, because we feel that we've, we feel alone, you know, we feel that we are out there kind of, um, you know, not able to figure things out and we feel distressed, whether it's the circumstances of our own home, our own lives, or just watching something like Palestine uh, transpire. We, we feel, you know, you know, he had, not only did he not let you go or did he turn away from you, but he hasn't cut you off. You're not cut off. None of us are cut off, you know, and and I think that's a very powerful uh, theological idea to internalize the fact that Allah 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 is, uh, has not cut us off. Allah is not um, away from us. Allah has not uh, you know disregarded us. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is very present. Hayyun qayyum, right? And and I think that, you know, as we're journeying through this journey of the Qur'an and journey of life, you know, the, 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 the critical narrative that ensures that these, these ma'ani, these meanings are, is, are, are very present in our hearts is that very humble connectedness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, you know, the, the basmala, the basmala was commanded in the context of humility. What I mean by that is, it was after the Prophet ﷺ was physically humbled by Sayyiduna Jibreel, intellectually humbled by Sayyiduna Jibreel, not to say that he was arrogant, but there was a type of a, 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 um, a humbling process where for you to actually receive revelation, you have to be categorically negated. So the Prophet ﷺ was fully humbled, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, intellectually and physically. So when he was in that fully um, humble disposition, he was told, okay, say Bismillah. You know, now you say Bismillah. And, and that's important because I don't want us to say Bismillah, but we're still like, you know, we're still on our heads. You know, we're still really charged up here. You know what I mean? Like we have our ideas, we have our perspectives. We're moving at like a thousand miles per hour. And then like Sheikh Omar says, say Bismillah. So, oh, okay, Bismillah. And then, you, you know, you're still, no, no, you got to You have to stop. You have to really humble yourself. You have to actually negate yourself. You have to say, okay, you know, I don't, what do I know? What do I know about life? I, I, here I, I've been agonizing over my, <clears throat> my, my circumstances at home for all these years. But have I really humbled myself to the divine reality, to the qada and the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And, and so, you know, as we're trying to, to really journey through life fully aware and, and, and conscious with a disposition of taqwa, really conscientious of what's happening around us. And also having that warmth <clears throat> and that feeling that Allah is close to me and has never cut me off. 
then you know the, the, the precondition to the basmala is a disposition of profound humility. We have to lower ourselves to Allah. We have to negate ourselves. We have to stop relying upon ourselves. Don't rely on your logic. Don't rely on governments. <laughs> Don't rely on circumstances. Don't rely on your finances. Don't rely on your thoughts. Certainly don't ever rely on your feelings. Probably one of the most devastating things that we can do is rely on our feelings or trust our feelings. And, and it's, the, it's the greatest inhibit, inhibitor from humility and from the, from the muftah, from the key of the basmala. So that, hum, that humility, I pray, will help us um, really you know, find the, 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 the prism of the basmala opening up every possible purview, not just on a personal life, on that level, but that we can even look at Palestine through a divine lens and that it nourishes our souls and gives us fortification and confidence and then compels us to get up and be and exist the way Sheikh Abdullah was noting. The end of Surah al is about, okay, you got to get up and go, you got to work. You know, stand, pray, stand, call, stand and be existent. And the Prophet you know, at the beginning, beginning of Revelation, he was but then he was commanded to قم, stand. SubhanAllah, we didn't plan it this way, but um, my reflection actually builds on, on, on the reflections that you, you all have. And I think before, SubhanAllah, before I even start, like, isn't anytime you measure the Prophet against any trait, you find him to have the best of it, and sometimes we might not make those connections. <clears throat> so, for example, mm. the greatest blessing a person can have for, from our perspective is to learn the Quran, right? And then to teach the Quran. And the Prophet said, The best of you are those who learn the Quran and then teach it. There's no greater gift than guidance, and so giving guidance, right? Mm. And Allah gives guidance through you, of course, in that regard. But the Prophet mm. was taught the Quran by Shadid al Quwa. Uh, through Jibreel alayhi salam. And look how the Prophet took that blessing and dedicated himself to giving it to the world. Right? So, mm -hmm. like it's more material, for example, when you think, uh, or, or easier to quantify when you think about like the way he took care of the orphans alayhi salatu mm -hmm. Like he really responded, you know, mm -hmm. his whole life, even before revelation, Rasulullah loved the Aitam, he loved the orphans because he was an orphan. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he wasn't acting on that blessing. Him and Khadija radiallahu anha, mm -hmm. uh, the Prophet and Khadija radiallahu anha were known, right, for the way they were taking care of the orphans. I mean, look at uh, look at Zayd radiallahu ta'ala anhu, though he wasn't an orphan, even a lower position in society, an orphan and a, a slave. And the Prophet, you know, uh, he was he was uh, given ghina through the house of the Prophet, wealth and self-sufficiency, mm -hmm. and Beyond just kafala, beyond just taking him, and the Prophet adopted him and loved him and, and taught him um, in that regard. Subhanallah. So the Prophet was acting on these blessings. He was a grateful person, as you said very, uh, very truthfully, that he he didn't need to be humbled out of a sense of like an arrogant person being humbled, but to be open to the full capacity to receive revelation. Mm -hmm. And so the the one where that really shows is fahada. You were seeking, and Allah guided you. So look how the Prophet took this Qur'an and then tried to give it to the world through speech and through action. Like subhanAllah to a point where you're, you're going to hurt yourself or, or it's, it's like you're, you're, you're so grieved, so deeply grieved about their destiny now. 
about them <clears throat> receiving the warning properly, receiving the, the glad tidings properly, receiving this revelation properly. So the way he channels that alayhi salatu wasalam so beautifully. And what I was going to reflect on, subhanAllah, is that the, the Qur'an, if you have not fully come to appreciate it, and we can never come to really fully appreciate the blessing of how coherent the Qur'an is, because sometimes it just it hits you when you're reading it over and over and over again. Uh, amma is not random. Like it's not like not just that every surah connects to each other and it tells a story, but Juzamma basically packs the entire 29 that come before it, the 29 chapters that come before it. And here is here is your 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 simplified guide, right? Like everything comes back. Now that you've read all this, here is your reminder. Mm. So how does how does the Quran start? Uh, after Al-Fatiha, Alif Lamim, Kitabu, La Laibafi. This is the book in which there is no doubt. How does Juz Amma start? What are they asking about? They're asking about the, this, this very consequential great news that's coming to them, that's telling them about the reality of that which they see and the reality of that which they don't see yet. Hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tasks them with that. And that's, you know, and, and basically this news dropped, the Quran comes and it sends society into a scramble. Right, because now you have to respond to this news. Mm. Those who believe in the unseen, and they establish the prayer. And what do we find? Allah warns the people who pray in Jazahamma, those who are forgetful in their prayers. They they show off with their prayers, and uh, they they're not just inhibited from receiving the full meaning of prayer, but they are inhibitors to others for receiving the blessings that prayer is supposed to unlock within a person. So uh, the connection of al ghayb the belief in the un, the belief in the unseen, to now establishing the prayer. And they spend on this message. They invest. They, they, they give of their wealth, of themselves, of, of their families, of everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Read Surah Al-Layl about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, the greatest response that you could have to revelation, right? He does not do anything. Uh, he, you know, the, when we talk about the, the, the person who, who tried to buy himself out of things, uh, his money cannot avail him whatsoever. Right, so the Abu Lahabs of the world, the Abu Jahas of the world, their money did them no good. Woe to those people who thought that they could get away with their wealth and their connections. With Abu Bakr, he does none of this, he spends everything he has for what? Seeking the pleasure of his Lord the Most High, and Allah will please him. So it's like you have the manifestation of Abu Bakr today. Those who believe in that which came before you. This is in the previous books. This same message has been embedded in the words of Abraham and Moses, peace be upon them. Peace be upon them. It has come through the ways of the prophets and the scriptures that came before. The same message over and over again to believe in Allah and the last day and to exert yourself in that regard. And subhanAllah, what, is the, what, what, what does Allah do in the beginning? He categorizes people, categorizes the believers, categorizes the disbelievers, categorizes the hypocrites. And what does Allah tell us that the, the, the disbelievers are going to do? The ones that insist on their disbelief, 
You warn them or you don't warn them, they're still not going to believe. And who's the first example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us in Juz'amma? Go to Fir'aun. Just say to him, speak to him these good words and say, look, are you interested in purifying yourself and being guided to your Lord and so you'll have the awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he gave him all the signs, right? But what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? So you, you warn them or you don't warn them, they're not going to believe. So what does Fir'aun respond with? Like literally a madman. A madman. Allah gives us Fir'aun as a madman. And this, like, are you crazy? He immediately, instead of being purified, he loses it to the point that he says, I am your Lord the Most High. Instead of Al-A'la. I am your Lord the Most High. Like the, the opposite of that. SubhanAllah. So it's like, that's your, that's your example there. And then finally, like from a Sira perspective, the, the two most highlighted personalities, right? Uh, to a point that there are surahs that are very clearly about them. Abasa and Tabat Yada Abi Lahab and Watab. People, you know, that will take this reminder, expand themselves to it, and so Allah will expand them individually and expand the Ummah through them, and expand the blessings and the victory of this Ummah through them. Mm. Allah says to the Prophet ﷺ, Early on and throughout the Qur'an, keep patient, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, with those people that call upon Allah day and night. They, they, they have listened to this revelation. They want this revelation. They want to grow with this revelation. To grow and to grow. To grow within and to grow outside of themselves. To grow and to grow, right? The way that you were talking about Surah Al-Duha. Keep patient with those people. It doesn't matter if they don't have status. Allah will give them status through this Quran. And what does Allah tell us? SubhanAllah, Abasa wa tawalla an ja'ahu al-a'ma. Wa ma yudrika la'annahu yazaka. SubhanAllah, like the opposite of Fir'aun. <laughs> this lowest person from these superficial standards in society, Abdullah ibn Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala anhu. A person of low economic status, disability, looked down upon in every way. And he comes to the Prophet ﷺ while the Prophet ﷺ is speaking to these elites who have shut their hearts to the revelation. And Allah says, yazakka. He was coming to you to be purified. Mm. Focus on him. Allah honored. Abdullah ibn Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala anhu in this juz, right? Puts him up on this high pedestal to the point that the Prophet would say, welcome to the one on whose behalf Allah admonished me. Like, what an amazing person you are. The Prophet elevates him because he was elevated through the Qur'an. And then what happens? Abu Lahab. The one who stood up in the very beginning and cursed the Prophet and said, may you perish. Allah humiliated the most honorable man in society from those superficial standards put him down sealed his his fate and sealed his name with this with this belief and rebellion until the end of times remember that the revelation started with the prophet or the revelation to the public the prophet i'm standing on safa calling the people hmm. stood up hmm. proud arrogant and challenged the Messenger وسلم, and no one was with the Prophet that day except for Ali. Ta'ala. 
And subhanAllah, that's how the da'wah of the Prophet started. The Quran ends one of the last surahs with now what happens? Abu Lahab perishes. Abu Lahab remains in a state of regret and remorse, in a state of punishment because of the way that he did not take this Quran seriously. And so we end, you know, uh, with with obviously fasta'ith billah. When when you hear the Quran being recited, seek refuge in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala from anything that will get in between. nas, the human devils, the, the jinn devils, the whispers, the distractions, the wealth, the palaces, the superficial titles. Seek refuge in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And so the Quran ends with right isti'ada. It begins with it and it ends with seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to whom there is no escape from except to. There is no refuge from Allah except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those that, that receive the Qur'an and that are given life through the Qur'an and that give life through the Qur'an and make us those people of Qur'an. Allahumma amin. So any uh, reflections, thoughts, inshallah, then we'll say yes. <laughs> MashaAllah. So, Cassie, uh, you need to come here physically. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how to do that right now. I was going to ask uh, Sheikh Abdullah to give me some of his powers because he <laughs> the powers that he used to in the beginning of the session. Um, you know, Subhanallah. I um, I really hope and pray that all of us are internalizing. Sheikh Omar said a lot of very beautiful things right now in terms of taking us through kind of. The, 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 the types of people who engage the book of Allah, who engage revelation, how we process, how we think of it. And, to, and, and, and the buttoning up of this story, if you will, is what he ended off with, which is the refuge. You know, and really, it's so beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends this entire very powerful uh, narrative of the Quran with all of its machinations. And he ends off by telling us, Always be in my awf, always be in my refuge. Always come and seek me and find your comfort with me. Find your protection with me. And you know, we 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 spoke about you know the basmala being this 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 prism, this gateway into ma'rifa, into knowing, and the humility that we take in that in, in using and utilizing that prism. But then it's a journey that must be. In the refuge in the divine refuge you know we can never really be alone in this world and we can never be alone in the afterlife we always know need his refuge we need his comfort we need his protection oh allah do not relinquish us to ourselves even for the blink of an eye or less than that so you know as we're we're exiting this uh time in, in in our journey through the 30 ajza please make sure that what you take away is number one i really know nothing <laughs> i really understand very little um perhaps my feelings that have been cultivated within me over the years my ideas of morality my ideas of justice my ideas of virtue my ideas of good and bad right and wrong perhaps these are all been just you know subjective relative developments over just the time that I spent going to school, going to work, whatever, living in society, consuming media. And now maybe I take a far, I take a, 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 a I make a decision to say, okay, I'm going to completely humble myself in front of the divine 
I'm going to latch on to the uh, his reality, say Bismillah as a you know as a permission. Say Ya Rabbi, you know Bismika. I I, I enter I enter into this world of the Quran by your name, Allah, by your permission, by your aid. Uh, because of you, I, I'm I'm surrendering to this reality. And then as you're going throughout the journey, A'udhu Billah, Ya Rabbi, I seek your refuge. I seek your I seek your comfort. I seek your security. And when you envelop yourself, you know, outwardly with divine refuge and inwardly with the basmala as a spirit that's driving you, I believe that you know we 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 can soar through this dunya, bi Taala, and we can <clears throat> not only make sense, because you see, the Prophet ﷺ initially he was just trying to make sense of things, you know, was he not? Was it not the case, Mawlana? Was he not just trying to make sense? He was going to Ghar Hira to make sense. But what he exited what he exited the Ghar with was <laughs> something far more profound than just having now uh, the ability to, to understand. means found you seeking. And so we gave you guidance, but he gave him much more than that. He gave him purpose, he gave him identity, he gave him now a, a mission, a, a, a driving force. And, and an unwavering, you know, uh, commitment to the path of the divine, and that's 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 the difference between hidayah and rushd. <laughs> you know, rushd is when you are, you know, I liken it sometimes to people like this way. See, it's one thing hidayah is to know that guidance exists, or to know that that's the pathway, or to have been on the path and off the path, etc. But to be rashid, to be on the path of rushd, is that you're on the path, firmly grounded. You know, your feet are not going anywhere. You're fully confident. You know exactly where you're going. It's unwavering. It's profound. They can throw anything at you, you know, offer you every offering, threaten you with every threat. Wallahi, if you put the sun in my right and the moon in my left, I'm not going to leave this. That's the reality of rushd. And so perhaps the Prophet ﷺ, he entered in seeking hidayah and he received, you know, rushd. He received, uh, you know, a profound reality. And that's what's in store for us, you know, we want, we come to Ramadan, I think, with a very low bar of mutatallibat. Like, we, Ya Allah, give me health, give me a family, give me a wife. Alhamdulillah, Ya Rab, Ya Rab, Allah marzukhna jami'an. But there's something far greater for us. And wallahi, there's something far greater for us than just emotional well-being. Don't let, don't lower your bar so much. There's something far more profound than just understanding and clarity. There is rush, there is a driving force, a purpose to live through and towards. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, was able to give and to give not just to this his generation but to give the to the entirety of creation ila yawmiddin fanas allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes us a truly quranic people and a truly prophetic people because the themes of yaqeen are you know the prophetic orientation right and so it's it's a prophetic reality um that is you know immersed in the quranic spirit may allah bless us all with that ya rabbil alamin no, mashallah. Beautiful points mentioned, alhamdulillah. Uh, mashallah, I'm speechless. SubhanAllah, it's been it's been a journey and, and I think you know with, with everyone we we just um, you know we hope in the night that you will continue to stay connected to the Quran throughout. Um last Ramadan we had um after Ramadan was over, we did keeping connected with the Quran for a month. You know, we, we did some things there as well. Um, you know, and, and the reality is, subhanAllah, that it's very easy to kind of fall off now, right? But, 
you know, the way that you ensure is just like right after Eid, you get back to fasting six Shawwal. Uh, you finish your Ramadan khatam, get back to your Shawwal khatam, or, or your next khatam, whether it's going to take three months, two, three months, four months, whatever it is. But let me let me start Alif Lamim Dharikil Kitabu Darayibafi once again and get back at it and revisit uh, these lessons. You know, subhanAllah, this, uh, I don't know, man, you just need to come here. I think next year, so yes, first of all, you, we have a commitment next year for Quran 30 to 30, inshallah. Oh, okay, inshallah, bismillah. Season three, inshallah, <laughs> Season if Allah gives us life. Inshallah. See, yes, I brought him here. If I get him to commit on camera, it's no. Inshallah. <laughs> Sheikh yeah, Yassir, we have a commitment from you that you're not going to leave us till Juz Amma to come. Yeah, no, inshallah, next year we'll, we'll, do, we'll do much earlier, but yeah. at this point, I mean, given the fact that it's Quran 30 for 30, so you need a minimum of 30 seasons, because you, you, yeah. you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the 30th anniversary of the 30 for 30. I just, you it's really, it'll, it'll be our children. You know, giving <laughs> <that> time, <so. laughs> My Khadija and your Khadija and yeah. Arwa and all of them okay. reflecting, inshallah, inshallah. Ta'ala, inshallah. you never know. You know, may Allah's Allah, Allah is generous. Allah is most generous. So yeah. yes, but the night time we'll be back, inshallah, next year if Allah gives us life and the ability to do so. Mm -hmm. 30 for 30. But I, I honestly want to share with everyone, revisit these lessons frequently. Like, so just like you're not going to do Quran only in Ramadan, right. uh, revisit these lessons. For, like this juz, I'll probably go back and watch this one a few times, mm -hmm. honestly, just to fully perceive what, what both of you shared because it was really profound and impactful. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I hope this this juz juz amma doesn't get lost. You know, with with uh, after the twenty seventh night, everyone kind of takes it easy. No, like by the way, all of you that are watching and have been part of this, share this this uh, this inshallah this particular reflection and uh, tell people to engage it in the nighttime. Go back and engage the lessons from the various mashayikh that we've had. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh Abdullah, and uh, keep connected, inshallah. Keep connected and keep making dua. And we hope in the night time that we will uh, we will continue to, you know, we'll take a few days off, inshallah. Let, let Sheikh Abdullah relax or eat. And, but no, we'll, we'll continue, inshallah, ta to do as much as we can, inshallah, to keep connected with the Yaqeen community that's online. We really appreciate your support. We appreciate your du'as. We appreciate all the support that you've given. Alhamdulillah. I mean, we appreciate the comments that you've sent in. And... Um, you know, we, we ask for your du'as for your for for uh, for everyone on the team, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, Sheikh Yasir, his whole family, Sheikh Abdullah's whole family, my family, all the all the people behind the scenes. Um, I had shared about, you know, uh, Brother Fozi, who was actually, you know, um, producing, um, you know, the the meeting Muhammad's line said, I'm serious. And his father passed away. Subhanallah, 27th of Ramadan. Subhanallah, I mean that. That's really something, you know. May Allah have mercy on him. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, he's he's one member of this team, and there's a bunch of people that have been producing uh, these different series, and a bunch of people that have been producing curriculum and working on engineering and creative. Make dua, please, for all of their families, mm -hmm. and of course, um, make dua for Al Aqsa, mm -hmm. for our Uyghur brothers and sisters, for our brothers and sisters that are striving and struggling all over the world. And inshallah, as we wish everyone, you know, to to finish Ramadan strong, take advantage of these very last moments, and we wish you a blessed Eid. Uh, we also want to want to, you know, once again impress upon everyone: keep Al Aqsa and the people of Al Aqsa uh, these murabitun in your du'a. And inshallah, with that, uh, Sheikh Yasser, can I ask you to close us off in the night? It's our last session of Quran thirty for thirty for a du'a for our brothers and sisters in Aqsa, and for a du'a for all of us to also keep connected to the Quran after Ramadan. <clears throat> Bismillah.
Bismillah, let's everyone raise your hand because when you raise your hand, um, in Allah is you know, shy to allow our hands to descend without uh, having uh, put something in them. So we pray in this hum in, in our humble disposition with our hands raised as beggars to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Al-Wahid, Al-Ahad, Al-Fardu, Samad, Al-Ladhi, Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Yakun Lahu, Kufwan Ahad, Allahumma Salli wa Sallim, Wa Barik Ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Fil Awaleen, Wa Fil Akhirin, Fil Malai Al-A'la, Ila Yawm Al-Deen. Ya Allah, we come to you in these last remaining moments of Ramadan. We come to you in this sacred time, uh, a time that you have destined and decreed as being sacred and beloved to you. Ya Allah, we come to you as humble servants asking you by your infinite wisdom and your boundless mercy and your beautiful grace to shower us, our families, our loved ones, and this ummah with your manifest and beautiful mercy, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. We ask you to envelop us in your mercy and your tranquility and your lutf, Ya Latif Ul-Tuf Bina. You are the subtly graceful one. And we ask you, Ya Allah, to exact your lutf upon all of us. Mm-hmm. Ya Allah, we come to you in this month and we have all sorts of difficulties and realities that we are struggling with in inwardly and outwardly. We have difficulties and issues that are weighing heavily upon our hearts and our minds and our souls and heavily upon our communities and our societies. And we ask you, Ya Allah, the one who brought relief to your prophets, we ask you to bring us relief, to bring us wellness to bring us shifa to bring us healing and to grant us tawfiq success ya allah ya kareem ya rahman ya rahim we ask you to make the quran the spring of our hearts mm-hmm. and the light of our chests ya allah make us a truly quranic people who live by the quran and who die by the quran who are motivated by the quran who are inspired by the quran who contemplate the quran who memorize memorize the quran who live by it and die by it and are resurrected with it ya allah allow it to be our anise in the afterlife allow the quran to be our close companion in our graves and may the quran be a shafia for us on the day of judgment ya allah ya kareem we ask you to envelop us in the prophetic reality allow us to truly be a prophetic people who live in the way of the walking Quran, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, allow us to walk his walk and talk his talk and behave as he behaved and act as he acted and have his beautiful character sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ya Allah, fortify our hearts and our minds and our spirits the way that you fortified his heart and his mind and his spirit sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ya Allah, make Islam, Iman and Ihsan beautiful in all of our hearts and beautiful in all of our children's hearts. And allow the guiding principles of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the reality of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, the way of Muhammad sallallahu to be what animates and informs and dictates every single thought, action, and behavior in all of our lives, in our homes, in our hearts, in our institutions, our organizations, our masajid, our nations, our ummah, and the entirety of the creation. Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. We ask you, Ya Allah, to bless our organizations, our institutions, to allow Yaqeen to truly be a prophetic or, or organization and institution, one that truly seeks to serve your deen and attain your pleasure. 
Ya Allah, bless every single person who works in this space, every single person who's volunteered, every single person who's donated, every single person who's shared something or has advocated for something. Ya Allah, we ask you to elevate the rank of every single person who seeks to serve your deen, Ya Allah, and we ask you to use us for your deen and choose us for your deen. Guide us and guide through us and make us a source of guidance for others. And Ya Allah, we ask you to grant Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, sacredness and sanctity, one that is palpable in a way that everyone around it will tremble. Mm -hmm. Ya Allah, you are Al-Kabir Al-Muta'al, you are the Almighty One, and you know the haqiqah of what is transpiring, the reality of what's transpiring in that land, and the aggression and the oppression and the abuse and the evil that is transpiring on that land, the desecration of your sacred. Ya Allah, Anta Rabbu al Bayt. You are the Lord of that house, and the house has a Lord that will protect it. We ask you to protect Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, and mm. to protect our brothers and sisters in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, and around Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, and allow the international community to see how evil what is transpiring there is, and use us all, Ya Allah, of good hearts and good minds and good conscientiousness, Ya Allah, too, to serve your deen and to serve your sacred sanctuaries. Ya Allah, use us. Use us and do not replace us. Use us and do not replace us. Protect our brothers and sisters across the world, east to west. Our Uyghur brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, our brothers and sisters in India, our brothers and sisters in Yemen, our brothers and sisters in Iraq, our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, our brothers and sisters in the Balkans, our brothers and sisters from east to west, the ones that we know and the ones that we do not. We ask you to protect them and to envelop them in your sacred grace and mercy and lutf and to rid this world of tyranny and oppression and of vile, vile, evil abuse, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. We ask you, Allah, to grant us a husnul khitam, a beautiful ending to this Ramadan, and a husnul khitam, a beautiful ending to our lives, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, and allow the, pay, the, the happiness that the Prophet ﷺ spoke about to be the one that envelops us at the end of Ramadan, and grant us, Ya Allah, the greatest of joy and the greatest of happiness. And that is the day that when we all meet you, Ya Allah, we ask you to be to allow that to be the greatest moment of our lives when we the beatific vision when we see you, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem. Grant us that reality, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. I really appreciate that, and I think that's the most beautiful way to end. And Khadija was trying to come in and to get in on your du'a, subhanAllah. Uh, say that Khadija is always present. <laughs> she indeed is, so inshallah, make du'a for her. And, and we apo I apologize for any disruptions, but she's uh, next next year she might just take over the chair and start this was the last minute idea by the way so you know let's just check abdullah why don't we why don't we actually get together and and, and um you know for the last one so um, we appreciate everyone and i don't want to spoil the, the end of that beautiful grass i bless you Sheikh Yasser, and bless all of you and inshallah ta'ala uh may allah uh Allow you all to have a blessed Eid, and we will see you all around, inshallah ta'ala, and keep us in your dua. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. The benefit of that suhbah, of that coming together to learn, 
is not merely the imparting of information and the receiving of information or the discussion that takes place. It's people coming together to feel that tranquility from Allah and to also feel like they can talk about Allah in a safe and a thoughtful space. And we've structured these conviction circles over the period of a semester so that these modules actually take into consideration that student's schedule. So that you feel like there's something that you're working towards every time you start a module. And by the end of it, you feel like you've gained some literacy in that topic. And at the same time, you've identified the, uh, the proper parameters that are given to us through the tradition as to how we should look at these issues. And you also have some mature discussion and the bonding that takes place through that mature discussion with other classmates and other students that probably have the exact same concerns and the exact same questions about our tradition. Our goal is not just to have a place for critical thinking. We also want to encourage self-reflection. This is not just some sort of intellectual playground. This is meant to be a camp for self-development because we believe at Yaqeen that conviction directly leads to contribution.